Uh, Paul. Yes, sir. Uh, let's. I want to start this episode by saying that uh, all cops are bastards. True. Um, everybody needs to know about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll just establish that first. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was the indie rocker bullies cover of indie country rocker Orville Peck's song "Turn oh. Turn Turn to Hate." Uh. It's a good song. Yeah. I want to like Orville Peck more than I do. It's a great name and a great vibe, but I didn't like his music that much when I listened. Yeah. He uh, is uh, quite, is so distinctive. Yeah. Uh, stylized, if you will. Um, He's got the mask. Yes. Pre-coronavirus. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a mask. M- yeah. Ma- Way ahead Ma- of time. Maudlin? No, that's not the word. No, maudlin is straight. Ma- yeah, maudlin's the wrong word. There's some uh, comic, this comic imitation at times. His imitation is so serious as to be comical. Ah, okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, what is uh, the word what that? is that word? I might be trying thinking of vaudeville, which still isn't quite right, but it's a lot yeah. going on. <laughs> uh, we'll <laughs> turn that over to the vocab team. <laughs> If we're not the vocab team, team Joe, we're in trouble. Um, <laughs> but yeah, damn, what is that? Anyway, um, yeah, uh, good song. Thank you for introducing me to it. I enjoy Bully. Didn't know about this little EP thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, the cover, uh, it's this and the cover of Nirvana is about a girl. Uh, also, mm-hmm. good song, good cover. Um Paul, we've got a lot to cover tonight uh, before okay. I can get back to my main occupation of watching devs. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I've, I'm confident we can do it. Um, uh, as promised, uh, I'm confident that we can record a podcast. Uh, we are able to do that. I just want to yeah. be clear. 100%. Um, takes a lot of faith. Uh, I promised a dumb bullshit opening. And I was thinking about this. While I was running the other night, I was like, what's your most actually had some I had some insightful, thoughtful reason for talking about this, uh-huh. uh, which I've completely forgotten. Um, so what? Oh, I know what it is, because okay. we're just going to cut that last minute of me f- coming back to it. Paul, we're always talking. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we're, we're always well, I think recently we've been debating a lot of like food ranking uh, rankings with our friends best fast food french fries sure best part of the checks mix uh, yeah everybody's is, shit. Yeah. is checks mix good you know these questions and so my thing for you is what's your strongest like food and music memory or association we could even say live music and food so if you food have food and music have to be involved yes like wh- where where does that where have they connected in your life? I mean, I guess the the most I thing I can think of is mariachi bands at Mexican restaurants. Um, yeah, no, no, but like, what about okay? Let, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's awesome. where food music come most closely in contact for me. Or like horrible those Italian like uh, uh, the like the Italian like uh, lounge singers. Yeah. Like if you're at a really horrible restaurant, you're like. Uh, 
I uh, I would totally uh, be into that. I've never been at, seen a lounge singer in person, and I would actually be into that. But like a bad Frank Sinatra impersonator. That would make it about. so much better. That's that's a good. You know, I I find it to be hellish, but maybe it is in fact awesome. Well, maybe maybe I just haven't lived the hell. You know. I think I meant more a specific. Yeah. A specific moment, but that's moment, what I'm saying. Is like yes. all of the moments are that. Because, like, I don't eat and listen to music that much. See, um, yeah, but I'm talking more. Let me give you my example. I had, yeah. I was going to save a funny example for us. And I realized that there's no way that you could, like, understand the context of what I'm asking without some good examples. Okay. So, Lay it on like, my funniest one between, like, you and I is the time we went to see a band at The Social in Orlando. Uh-huh. And I think this was like 2004. Yes, it was right around the Dwight Howard draft in the NBA. E- yes, it was that night, actually. Now I don't remember yes. that. Uh, uh, we were seeing Beulah. And yes. uh, we... The chalkboard said PBR is $3. Wow, and that's expensive we were like, for 2004. But the point is, like, we didn't know what a PBR was. <laughs> and one of us had to ask the bartender what does pbr stand for <laughs> that's amazing because that was right before pbr became a thing yeah it just yeah <laughs> okay so there was food and there was music involved it was a story where both things were like part of the setting at least if not the main action right um yeah it's like um if we when we went yeah to, uh, when we went to see uh, Zwan and drove out to have some epically good frozen custard. Yeah, that's that's a good one. The Ted Drew's frozen custard in St. Louis while we were there to see Zwan. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we eat while we waited all day outside of Radiohead in Atlanta? <laughs> like nothing. That's why I passed <laughs> out. I think we had like two Snicker bars, Snickers bars each or something. Because that was what, like a twelve-hour process. Because we got there yeah, early. We we made friends in line, yeah. and like there were people from Netforia there, of course, by the Smashing yeah. Pumpkins board. Um, no, no, I'm talking about the Radiohead concert. No, now, no, I yeah, know, but there were yeah, they were there one. too. Oh. No, no, they were there at the Radiohead <laughs> concert too. Um, uh. We fled, like, around lunchtime. Like, some people were like, we're like, okay, you guys are going to... Because there were only, like, 50 people there. Like, yeah. most so of the we, day, it was a very manageable crowd. So someone was yeah. just... Because we were not, like, in line. Yeah. We were just kind of at the front of a cattle call. Yes, I do recall. So we had people save our space, if I remember, and just, like, found, like, the one open convenience spot, like, within the Stone Mountain complex and had... Got it probably like for me i probably had like a large coke and (laughs) yeah who knows what i something horrendous that's funny i don't remember that part of the experience at all i just remember um not smoking the giant blunt that was being passed around (sighs) see i'm i'm fine with having just fully remembered that show i see i i feel like proper weed doesn't doesn't impair the memory of it for me um maybe for like 10 to 20 minutes right after you smoke it but it's actually what's astonishing is that in the year 2003 or whatever that it was um 
you could you could stand in line at a Radiohead concert all day and not smoke weed. Um, yes, because I am I am certain that in 2020, uh, people would just be openly smoking weed in that line. I I don't think we even I don't think I even had any beer. I, no, concert. we just sat there like in the heat all day. Yeah, uh, slowly dying. Um, and then I drank a, like a 64 ounce Gatorade. The the amount of Gatorade we chugged right after that concert was insane. Uh. <laughs> I re- I specifically remember the feeling of quenching that thirst as one of the all time thirst quenchings of my life. <laughs> it was a deep down body thirst. Yeah. So okay, there we got to the story. I guess probably if Gatorade counts as food. That's my story. That's probably a big one. It's probably yeah. my best one. Uh, I didn't really have a good example. I was hoping to find like some deeper. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't. I I, I like anti-associate music and eating. Now that I think about it, you know, like if I'm yeah. going to a concert, I'm not eating at the concert ever. Um, well, that's why I, I kind of think it's like, yeah. I, I kind of sometimes I kind of think it's bullshit that like all these like chefs get called like punk. They're the punk rock of this or that. It's like no, yeah, this is not the same category. Well, I mean, I get it. Punk is a philosophy as much as anything, but I, yes, you're right. Um, no, beyond that, if I'm associating music or anything, it's kind of like if I were to put on some music during a, a dinner date or something would be where I was trying yes. to get mood and music going or food and music going together. But yes, otherwise it's not like, ah, the new Radiohead is out. It's <laughs> just, time to call my butcher. Um, could you just listening to that? You're just listening to Slint. Wow. <laughs> Paired the Slint with a lovely uh, goose liver uh, pate. Um, I don't know. This is to your day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> you're like, just... how, how is it? It's like, how is it? <laughs> yeah, just somebody screaming about a captain in the background. Yeah. <laughs> for a certain for a certain type of girl that would go well yes. uh yeah <laughs> oh man well i think we've we've identified what would be the best music yeah. <laughs> yeah we have a to-do list now bro uh nice intro music yes okay i should open the keep Oh man, I'm uh, I'm not drunk, but I'm I'm buzzed. Just mm. so you know where I'm at. Mm. Yeah. Only only a weed gummy mm. here. Uh, I was just sitting, <laughs> which is apparently having some effect since I was like, literally just waiting for the theme song to play. <laughs> so it was just. <laughs> <laughs> the gummy the gummy has hit yes <laughs> yes yes so you don't stop Dissolving the power 
dissolving the hours as well. The tower, a bell to the top of it. A hawk, a pigeon, a dove. A vision of love. An eagle, a falcon, even. The gold coin and the talent that was um, prophesied upon earlier papyruses. Gaze into the irises of infinite osiruses. Hieroglyphical, visual, style, habitual, scriptural. Uh, kick versus person. And welcome to Savage Beast. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher. And uh, with me, as always, uh, he is begging Elon Musk to send him into space. <laughs> it's Paul McLeod. Um, Why? That's kind of literally true. You mm, know, mm -hmm. like uh, once my kids are grown, um, I really have no higher career ambition than to uh, fly into space forever. That would be pretty fun. And to nut in space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know, it's going to be a, a hermit-like, hermetic, if you will, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. existence, but not all the way. So, right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that's... Uh, but for real, like, if you told me you could take a 20-year journey and, like, land on the first planet next to Alpha Centauri or whatever, I'd be like... Yes. I'd be severely tempted, yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's... I was reading about how... You know, you don't really think about that the astronauts slept on the moon. Like, they were Whoa. just like, ah, yeah, it's time time for bed. Whoa. And it's like, you wake up, you're like, oh, where am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, the, the moon. That would be the, the, ultimate, um, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate uh, Proustian reconstruction of the, your reality is when you wake up as literally nobody has ever done before on a different fucking rock in space um and uh on the damn. first on, a, on apollo 11 apparently they didn't like really think about it so they were just <laughs> like they were like yeah you'll just lean lean against the side yeah just... so what did they do did they go back in the capsule and chill out in there or yeah they didn't like <laughs> yeah yeah i would yes. be tempted to just sleep in the moon dust man i, wanna... I, I don't think they're ox i don't think then ah. they couldn't didn't have like eight hours of oxygen in there. Yeah, in their packs. Uh, well, I'll tell you this: if I was Buzz Aldrin now, I would want to fly back to the moon, go to sleep on its surface, let the oxygen run out, and just die that way. That's actually the ending scene of the movie Space Cowboys. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Tommy Lee Jones always wants to get on the moon, and spoiler alert: I guess to save the world, he ends up doing something that just like ejects him to the moon. Where I he see. like dies with a smile on his face. Uh, I was never going to watch that movie, so it's fine that you have it's, spoiled oh, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> but that like final scene is so comical with like dead Tommy Lee Jones smiling <laughs> on the surface of the moon. Oh man, this seems like a meme waiting to happen. I'm surprised I don't know about it already. No, but they like uh, uh, later. This has been my quarantine thing for everyone else is reading extremely detailed logs of the lunar landings it's like the later missions they strung up a couple hammocks in the in the lander oh really and they, like but because they did multiple like and days just, and they would just it, chill they just chilled in there just fucking boned like yeah. crazy. <laughs> i hope so i hope so boning on the moon that's the image of peace we need now in these turbulent I mean, times if you're on the moon with your with your bro mm. and he turns to him and he's like Look, man, I'm not gay. I know you're not gay. But no one yeah. has ever boned on the moon before. That's, I mean, the logic is. Yeah. 
it's not gay if it's on the moon i think that's been a rule for a long time yes yes that's uh i mean <laughs> or everything's gay on the moon so why fight it yeah i think that's why? more this is gay space communism right there it's right there you're living it baby <laughs> they're like okay we got the gay we got the space um let's just do something collective together and then we're good um, you, got the, you got the lubes for the hydraulic <laughs> valves and the lander you know <laughs> yeah um yeah you got to be in the land in the lander i guess um <laughs> the conjoined like spacesuit has the, not yet been the attempted special on the lock on the, <laughs> the spacesuit just <laughs> yeah uh making eye contact through the visors <laughs> Oh man! Well, the the lock has to be designed so that can be possible. We're the first, bro. We're the first to make eye contact on the moon. Yeah. Uh, All right, we should talk about music. I don't we know. should. That's. I mean, that was music to my ears. I don't know. <laughs> um. Uh, Paul. Uh. Crazy bastards at Pitchfork. Uh huh. They did it. They did it. They did they, it. They handed out a 10 uh, to uh, Miss Fiona Apple. People like us, we play with a heavy balloon. Keep it up to keep the devil at bay, but it always falls way too soon. People like us, we play with a heavy balloon. We keep it up to keep the devil at bay, but it always falls way too soon. People like us, we play with a heavy balloon. We keep it up to keep the devil at bay, but it always falls way too soon. I spread like strawberries I climb like peas and beans I've been sucking it in so long That I'm busting at the seams I spread like strawberries I climb like peas and beans uh, For her album, Fetch, Fetch the Bolt Cutters mm-hmm. uh, That was, I guess, a surprise-ish drop? I don't know I didn't. I didn't know that Fiona Apple to tell was, these days. was coming out with anything. So yeah, I'll go with that. She's, she takes a long time between albums. So, uh, but they gave it a ten. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I suppose in a review that bo- boiled down to like it was a perfect pop record, mm-hmm. pop. I don't know, singer songwriter record, um, and uh, we've previously covered. On this podcast, the dearth of tens mm-hmm. uh, was Kanye West's uh, 2010 album, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." Did I get the yeah, word? I have to yeah. see. Let me. You keep talking. I'm looking. That at was what the last was. ten. That album was the last ten for sure. Yes. Um, there have been many albums that came out since then that were, I mean, clearly tens mm-hmm. uh, that they just skipped giving it to i mean yeah uh, we well can, what's what what would be I mean, we could spend 20 minutes but if just, you had one that you think like that album should have been given a 10 
I feel like we named one specifically at one point. Um, I mean, looking back on our bracket from the last episode, obviously Teens of Denial is a 10. Yeah, but like, let's say we're not but going I to suppose they like yeah. indie rock as much as we do anymore, you know? Well, big, yeah, but I mean, I think I think Big Thief, I think one of those albums ah, yeah. was, there was a 10 in there for sure. Fair enough. Um, based on their preferences. Uh, but yeah, we did we did identify one. Uh, well, we were we were no. Our thing was that like, how did like Frank Ocean's Blonde, which they named the best album of the decade, was just clearly a ten. Yeah, by, by Pitchfork standards, their yeah. standards for sure. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I feel like I feel like there's a ten in every decade. So if you win a whole decade and your best album of the decade is not a ten, like you need you're, yes. you clearly got it wrong the first totally, time. Totally, totally. Yes. Yeah. Flawless logic uh yeah well but that kind of gets to my take on this which is that what they have finally done is um expended the one big uh pr marketing payload they were holding in reserve correct (laughs) you know oh correct it's yeah it's it's in and consciously so they can't not have known i agree yeah Uh, um yeah it's like it's by withholding it for the past decade they were just it just they had to know that whenever they did it just the fact that it was a 10 would be a story by itself such that even one of music's uh you know foremost podcasts would devote an episode to it some six weeks later um uh yes um and so did you listen to the album yes okay it's good it's really good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it, you know, I, it's it's uh, very um, inventive and mm-hmm. exciting. Pop. Yeah, when they the the subhead of the review says no music has ever sounded quite like it, and I was slightly surprised to find that I pretty much agree. Doesn't sound quite nothing else sounds quite like it anyway. Yeah, there's there's you know she's always kind of had these this air of drama to her songs but here like i feel like it, the music uh the instrumentation and the arrangements really catch up to that and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of like thunder and lightning and twists and turns as you go through it and i i just felt like every song had like two or three very distinct parts uh, uh yeah and you know i've always uh professed a fondness for wildness in music mm-hmm. and this is definitely wild um i somehow i end up not loving it personally like it's not i'm not against it i like it i uh i admire it but um i it's, yeah it's not like it didn't grab me the way that um other things do which is not even a criticism of the 10 just that um that's how it is i guess i think the the first time through i was just i was really into it uh i was close to just blown away and then re-listening to a couple of the songs that i flagged then i found them to be uh thinner um when there was not the element of like kind of total surprise as to the sound of the album yeah Um, you know and she gets there's there's like melodrama too and there's uh um uh theatrical quality to it which i think is extremely you know at times very effective and at times kind of forced you know, I guess it comes down to like uh, just kind of what you're looking for in music, and I am actually not looking. I'm just not like a uh, 
an into theater person. I bet if you are into theater, this album really rocks your world. Yeah, that's, that's great. Hey, this I like that. My thing. Totally. I like a lot of the great great musicals of 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 you know our the, the just everything. I like a lot of the great yeah. musicals. No modifier needed. Yeah. But um, this red almost is sort of like trying to be one of those, and that you know. People see yeah. it on stage at times, and that's a little tiring. But but get, I don't want to shit on it. Cause no, we get I, away from the point. Yeah, because it is like um, just the the sort of like rolling, uh, wild, uh, rhythmic element to uh, you know what is mostly or centered around a woman and a piano type of music is it is actually inventive, and I don't know a ton of stuff like it um so i don't want to and it's impressive too um yes yeah impressive is the word yeah but it's just like um to get a 10 from me you have to basically make me cry and i didn't that's all um yeah how does the uh um uh nick cave album not get a 10 yeah you see know? that's that's something where we have a pretty similar palette and I was fucking devastated just <laughs> thinking about that album. Yes. Yes. I mean, even, and that's, I think that's a good example of the type of album that you give a 10 to it. Like, even if everyone doesn't agree. Yeah. They're like, I see this. Um, but it's funny as I started out, I was like, Oh, they did such a disservice to giving this album a 10. It doesn't live up to it. And then I was like, Oh no, actually it's a great service to give it one. <laughs> to, yeah. To like promote, you know, what, is like a probably a childhood hero to like a lot of these a ton writers. of people yeah yeah and especially to many of the writers at pitchfork you yes know. specifically jen pelly who wrote the yes. interview <laughs> yes. i'm assuming is uh on on that um and that makes total sense to me you know fiona apple is one of those people where what i just said about her kind of about this album applies to her discography generally that mm-hmm. um I find it impressive and I like listening to it and um, yeah um, it's good, but it doesn't, it's just not my exact speed. And if they wanted to reserve the 10 for whatever uh, niche tastes, uh, niche taste does love Fiona Apple as their favorite person ever. Um, that's great. You know, I, if they had done it to a Radiohead album, they would have just been doing the same thing, but for me personally. So yes. It's really what we do on the Smashing Pumpkins for the yeah. Smashing Pumpkins with this podcast. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Elevate them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And now everyone agrees that they're, um, you know, one of the best rock bands of all time and certainly the top of their generation <laughs> because of yeah, us. Exactly. <laughs> I do. Th- I don't think they needed us. Actually, I think they people already generally feel they're up there. Um, maybe one particular type of indie asshole is a dick about it. But. Thank God. Really relieves a lot of stress from my life that I don't have to defend them too much. <laughs> yeah. To um, the pumpkin segment. Um, yeah. Now, when do you think the next uh, the next Pitchfork 10 will come, Joe? Sooner rather than later. I think they'll realize that it's nice to get the attention from it and they'll give out more. Yeah, there's some formula, there's some function that tells you the um, total number of extra eyeballs you can get from giving out tens 
based uh, at each frequency level of giving them out. And it's definitely shorter than 10, men- 10 years is I don't, uh, the I, optimal one. I just don't think they're going to let the next blonde go by without giving it, you know, mm. or that sort of thing. Like, I don't think they're going to like... And yeah, this, like a, this album an is actually a good young and inventive artist who's like yes. in their prime doing it. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Because like, God bless Fiona Apple, but she's a legacy artist just like Radiohead is, you know. At this yes. Point. Um. Yeah. Who's the Who's coming up behind Frank Ocean now? Um, like that person, I don't know. Uh ooh, there must be uh, Billie Eilish. <laughs> yes. Or like Le- like Leon Bridges. It's yeah. probably not quite weird enough to get it, but so I do. I will appreciate that they gave it to a weird album. You know, they didn't yes. like pick Beyonce or something. Yeah, or that Kanye, would have, for yes. That and I mean, maybe if if there's one thing in their defense, I think they've maybe tried to avoid, like they've protected it from that sort of. Um, they protected the ten <laughs> uh, from poptimisms. Yes. Grubby fingers. Yeah. And you know what? If they want to give the next one to Beyonce, that's fine. I'm just glad the first one wasn't. Um. It's not fine with me, Paul. <laughs> I actually was thinking, I was like, I bet future generations of music lovers are going to, cons- like, I'm not sure they're going to look as kindly upon Beyonce's music. Um, I think, I mean, like, I, I guess, guess- let- put it this way whatever the um, score is you can get for contemporary trendiness, mm-hmm. she is maxing out that portion of her score. Um, yes. So in the future, when that's not the case, then yeah, almost by definition, her total, uh, her total regard has to go down, but people will still think she was great. I, yeah. I think that, yeah. I just think she might be a little more on the Madonna side of, yeah eventual uh, legacy but higher i mean madonna her music is better than madonna's in terms of sophistication I totally think. totally yeah yeah i wasn't necessarily saying that i would like agree with someone calling her overrated i was just like i think people are going to yes uh, okay that's that's actually it. pretty fair yeah. i mean there's a backlash against any dominant whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah um there are people who think Kurt Cobain is an annoying, uh, depressive white guy heroin addict playing all that for attention. You know, oh, yeah, that's why the music's good. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to get to the bad part? <laughs> uh, all right. So Fiona got a ten. Good, good job, Fiona. Yeah. Um, you know, congrats. The white males now now have approved. So. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't being sarcastic for the record. No, I, I, I'm genuinely happy. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, Paul. Speaking of white dudes whining. Oh wait, should we have played some Fiona Apple for that whole segment? Shit. Yeah, I'll go back and, and put some in. Okay, I'll cool. just make a note. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Was That's there... the real chauvinism right there. Yes. Um, so we're gonna talk about two new rock albums car seat headrest and jeff rosenstock uh, yeah. which which would you like to play something from first how about the good one <gasps> dun 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 <laughs> uh okay surprise us yeah here we go uh <laughs> just play muzzle 
<laughs> that would be too ridiculous.
Ooh, I started playing that yes. and couldn't stop before we did the whole thing. Ooh, it's a it's a heady mix with that and a lot of tweets making me angry about mm. cops. Jeff Rosenstock <laughs> released this album at the perfect time, basically. He did. Uh, and uh, wow, what an album. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 I mean, that's that's not, it sounds silly, but it's it's the appropriate reaction uh, to this album of both hardcore and pop punk. That's actually accurate. Now that I... <laughs> um, yeah. Good God. This guy... Um, uh, it's weird for... How old is this guy? He's like in his 40s or something, isn't he? He's something crazy like that. 40. Just yeah. Crazy. So it's first like of all... 40 years uh, old. It's ludicrous that I haven't... No, he's... Uh, yeah, I know. No, he's 37. Okay. So he is uh, four months younger than you, for instance. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the... Uh, it's just like I need to... Uh, first of all, I need to go back and listen to his music from before three albums ago because I like all of those albums. And um, uh, it's just crazy for a guy this old to be making this good of youth music you know what i'm saying yes he certainly um is capitalizing on uh sort of a person what is no doubt a personal relationship with the grunge and alternative and pop punk that he's pulling from yeah um and uh it's the popularity of music influenced by that today um he has uh a direct line to the source of uh, grungy goodness. Yeah. So I'm looking up his old band, Bomb the Music Industry. Um, years active, 2004 to 2014. I never heard about them. Yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that, like, it's out of the ordinary, but listening to his music... I'm not like shocked that it would take a while to get to this point, this level of mastery. Cause that's part of yeah. this album is a total mastery of this form of rock and control over it. It's amazing how uh, sof- he must put the most sophisticated music or lyrics to uh, punk to pop punk rock that I've ever heard in my life. Just mm-hmm. in terms of the sheer like, um, complexity of the grammar of them, I guess is all I'm saying. Um, yeah, you're totally right. It's uh, he can just zoom from any style um, within those uh, within that sort of general genre space mm-hmm. uh, within you know a few seconds in some cases on this album. Yeah, I mean that uh, that's that's true on. Um, my favorite song in the album, Scram, um, yes. where he, it builds up, it's in that pop punk space, then uh-huh. suddenly there's a very like epic alternative song, lead guitar that comes in, and then it shifts into like this all out like rock chorus. And when I was listening to it again, uh, I think a couple nights ago, it just, it, it's totally like, off the chain out of control he's just you know everything's going and like and then it just it stops on a dime at the end and it's like the whole to me i was like man he's had 
you know, every little twist and turn of the song I'm into. And it's because he just has complete mastery of the full, this full palette, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of can go in and out of all these different references and, um, uh, you know, riffs. Yeah. Um, no, that's really what it is. Is this is like uh, incredibly precisely tuned um, rock music on the spectrum from pop punk to like power pop. If mm-hmm. you if you uh, define you know like sort of Weezer as an exemplar of the latter, um, and even some hardcore punk uh, like we have in there, like like is <laughs> notated on Genius uh, as well, and then just like um, you know. Total chop house, trap house energy lyrics um, mm-hmm. that I just love to hear, um, and uh, uh, it's it's just uh, I don't know. This guy apparently can't make any bad songs because the last three albums since I discovered him, I am uh, totally uh, totally into all of it with no real reservations whatsoever. I, I you know my only like addendum would be that this album i liked it more oh really than those other two excellent albums and i think that it's because i felt like he dialed he dialed the neutral milk hotel down Mm. a notch um and i think it's it's almost that i just like how uh how pop the epic nature of the songs were here um but it's not, that's not really a criticism of the other ones. I just, I feel like that's why this like really fully connected to me is this, this album felt looser and a little more direct, um, than like other two post and word worry, worry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but those are both, I mean, you know, we're talking. Yeah. Oh no. So yeah, I just didn't, I felt I, to me, this is sort of like a, um, a run the jewel situation where it's just like, these are all just like a run of really great albums and mm-hmm. they almost have trouble differentiating from each other. Um, yes. Yes. The yeah. differences are subtle. Uh, it was yeah. more that I had found myself just liking this one better. So I kind of had to figure out fair why. enough. Yeah. I just already loved the other ones so much. I guess it was hard for me to, to top them. Um, yeah. Um, I just wanted to point out um, the lyrics to the opening track. No time are just, um, Uh, I'm just going to read the first stanza as a Mm -hmm. sample, but like, did you learn to make amends with your pile of flaming shit? Gain the patience to deal with total idiots without losing your composure. Oh, please tell me how it is. I didn't have the time. And just, I didn't have the time becomes the, like, uh, the refrain line of the whole thing. And, um, uh, that kind of lyrics, sort of modest mousy for me just sort of like understated bitter irony um i love that he's doing this in the middle of like that song in particular is like hardcore punk um it's good shit yeah his lyrics are uh yeah. second to none yeah um, really really right up there uh so what's it say i say 10.0 jeff yeah 10.0 um uh, let's pivot to another uh, at least erstwhile excellent lyricist joe mm-hmm. uh let's play uh martin from car seat headrests um 
album leaving a door less open making a door less open there we go all right Ooh, should i play it from the vinyl master the cd master the digital master or the promo master i say digital that seems like the appropriate one car seat album <laughs> that's from uh car seat album uh, car uh car door head bums uh new song making a seat less city um <laughs> uh paul car seat headrest discussed as the champion of mm-hmm. the 2010s bracket um, yes. has released a new album their first uh really truly completely utterly new album since the uh, 11.0 were the teens of denial yes. yes um and it is uh uh I, i'm gonna say it spawned complicated feelings uh you know all uh the uh little emo simp boys that love will toledo's yeah. work you know what joe Mm-hmm. Um, fuck drum machines and rock music. I'm just, I don't. Ooh. Yeah. Set them on fire like an NYPD cruiser, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been done well. Radiohead has done some stuff with electronic drums or whatever, but it's different. Generally speaking, um, you know, uh, my reaction to listening to this album for the first time um, was. Um, I started to feel this way during the first track and there were moments where I came back a little bit, but mostly overriding was, um, uh, you know, just like going electronic is not like an interesting move for a rock musician at this point. It's almost just one of the standard paths. There are several ways you could go. You could also go acoustic, you could go orchestral, you could go hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But um, it's definitely not like a bold new direction to go electronic at any point, mm-hmm. which is why it annoys me if I get music from a genius where that seems to be the main new thing going on is ah, synths and drum machines, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't. It's that by itself is not anything at this point. And I was just really disappointed at what I felt like was um, an album that lacked uh, most of the things that I love about car seat headrest, including, Mm. um, uh, you know, it's not even just that the rock textures are gone, but just like even the new lyrical style feels a little tired now, whereas it was ingenious before. Uh, yeah, you know, the lyrics don't surprise me. I think he was, uh, he's, uh, a, um, Charles Bukowski type Mm -hmm. where he kind of just writes what's happening and, uh, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad there, the bad with the good. And it's Um, the classic, oh, I had some success and now I'm not as interesting type of situation. If you are that way, perhaps. Yes, totally. Uh, he definitely seems to have like it's going to take him like 10 years to deal with the fact that he became a successful rock star yeah um lyrically uh i i think that with this album my first listen on vinyl uh, mm-hmm. i should say because the mixes also and mine. track list are crazy the, the vinyl that version that first listen it definitely just seemed kind of slight um i it, it just it, there was not the same impact across the whole album that i'm used to yeah uh from them um then once i so then i listened to the longer digital uh re uh version and i found myself there there was more rock in there um and i think hmm. that even though there was some electronic music uh it just made me reconsider i'm not saying like that, that version had some sort of revelation yeah but i think i started to hear more of just car seat headrests and yeah uh, the album after having started from being like a letdown is kind of maybe a little more on the upswing for me um certainly there's a lot of interesting his you know interesting ideas in there and um i'm not really not going to disagree with anything you said except that like i'm probably open to uh enjoying this album <laughs> further yeah. enjoying this album more as uh further developments unfold um and uh like that the one song we listen to uh martin i yeah. just i just genuinely like it you know there's there were several songs on here it's like i actually really like this yeah so i will say um first of all I was so discouraged by that vinyl listen that I haven't re-listened to it yet, even though I know very well. And I specifically thought you should listen to it on digital and see if you feel differently about it. Um, Just because texture is such a big deal with this album. Um, They're all new, different textures. Um, But, um, oh, weird. Anyway, um, yeah, I agree. There were moments that got me uh, even during that vinyl listen. And um, I should uh, get over it and give it another chance because just now during Martin, I was like, this is a, a very good song. Um, yes, exactly. And I, think I still that- wish there were a live drummer during it, but yes. um, yeah. 
The problem is, I I believe it's his live drummer who is like into all this shit. Yeah, who was doing the production. Yeah, yeah. Which and that guy seemed awesome when I've seen when I saw them live. Yeah, like, he, he's like a he had like a presence as a drummer. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like listening to that just now, I was just like, like, where is there any advantage to having a drum machine playing? during this kind of music when you have an awesome live drummer right there like it just sounds better to play real mm-hmm. drums during rock music um but yeah um i was uh i guess i was annoyed enough at the first listen um i guess this is what happens when you are um when you write your first 11 albums uh just into the void and then you release your masterpiece as your debut as your professional debut essentially yes and then it's like oh fuck i actually i actually kind of did a ton of ideas already um uh, it might make it seem like you have more ahead of you than you do per your theory about um uh, bands and the number of good albums they have in them explored mm-hmm. in the early annals of savage beast yes and you know i kind of as an analog to that I think that um, uh, these bands that take so much from the grunge and alternative times of the 90s um, have are less just sort of inspired overall as a band and more have like a particular statement they want to make about that time Mm -hmm. before they kind of move on before they like you know and be kind of explore other things i I think that's that happens with a lot that is happening with a lot of these bands well i saw one critic i think it was noel murray uh who used to write for the av club back when the av club was cool um talk about one time on a tweet like this is a long time ago now but just like Mm -hmm. uh these days i find him more into bands that write great songs than bands that have a great sound. And I think that's a little bit of the distinction you're drawing there is um, you can get pretty far with me if you hit that great sound that I love personally. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go beyond that, especially probably for your own sake as an artist, you got to be a great songwriter. And that's where somebody like um, Francis Quinlan or Adrian Linker actually does have something going on beyond mm-hmm. uh, pushing my exact buttons perfectly right and can shift into totally different styles and it's still genius you know mm-hmm. not that adrian linker is i feel like you welcome her pushing your buttons well and quite and exactly Quitlin, I've, all of these people yes um, <laughs> jeff rosenstock come at me bro mm, there you go uh, hit me in the dms that philly <laughs> slinging that philly cheesesteak <laughs> oh um i i can't tell you how many cheesesteaks i've had inside me bro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, uh, <laughs> a lot of cheese whiz very musical experience. Yeah, you push it just right it's mm-hmm. it goes everywhere symphonic uh-huh um <laughs> wow uh wow so um yeah we'll check back in when you listen to this one again i will and i will i will render a verdict on whether i'm into it Mm. uh any better because i agree i should uh there's a large element of getting over myself that i need to do when approaching this album that's a good uh that's just a good 
in general. Yeah, you got to get, get over yourself. Tell yourself, my kids man. that shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, te- and, I actually then they say, them. Then they say, We're, we are over you, Dad. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Joe, I think we should do this um, 90s alt-rock bracket and call it a night, maybe. Yeah, I'm actually going to, to piss. Okay. And I will be right back. Oh, I thought that was part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Slight break while Joe pees. I'm looking forward to whatever monologue you gave. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's good. The, um, the, you know, just uh, flip on your um, quantum uh, supercomputer and mm-hmm. um, enjoy it now, I say. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Listen to um, it as we go along. Allison. As long as Allison Pill is here to <laughs> to deliver it <laughs> with in that ice cold monologue. <laughs> yes, that most, you you see now what I meant when I said she could be called her name could be Allison Blackpill in the show. I do, I do. <laughs> like it's almost like they did it on purpose. We should tell we should tell our fans we have a live show coming up in July. Do we ever? Yeah, here in Portland, yeah. uh, we'll with. Be, with special mystery guest Zed, yes, Zed P. Yeah, no, it's too obvious. We'll call him Z Postula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Zed is actually a famous DJ, so mm-hmm. we might get in trouble if we <laughs> pitch it that way. Zost Man, <laughs> the Zost Man. Uh, uh, yeah. So you know, you want to come hang out in the driveway of our house, of my house? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. If anybody in the Portland region wants to be part of the podcast, come on down. Let's make it a party episode. Yeah. Uh so, uh Paul, previous mm-hmm. episode, uh we did a bracket for the best 2010s indie rock, is that yeah. it? Um and I was inspired by that fun experience to create the 33 bracket. Mm. Which is 32 <laughs> 90s bands plus sitting in the zero seed at the center, the Smashing Pumpkins. Brilliant. This Works is out uh, too smart. Very well. Yeah. Um, so we'll be deciding the best uh, of our alternative rock bands of the 90s, uh, kind of vaguely seated along bands I think we would consider are good, <laughs> arranged yeah. by how by vaguely by artistic merit okay um by you correct? by me by yes. me alone um with a lot of help from pitchforks best of the 90s uh the the old version of the list not ah. the dumb new version yeah the non piece the 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 politically incorrect version of the 90s list i, sh- I should say this is meant to be alternative rock like alternative rock in a couple instances of alternative adjacent adjacent music yeah uh, no i think you've got it pretty much yeah um, it's it's the paul and joe taste 90s bracket and the joke being is that the smashing pumpkins 
you know, are almost yeah. assured to win. So they've been advanced to the finals. <laughs> and so the 32 team bracket is 32 band bracket. is just for the right to compete against them in the finals. Um, I meant to sort of divide this up among like clever regions, but I yeah. just, I just didn't get that far. Yeah. You could have, if you tried, you could have put all the Brits in one bracket Yeah, and um, <laughs> all the, Hip hop influenced people in one bracket, yeah. and there'll be indie people, and yeah, that actually would work just great, but too late. Uh, so to set the stage, um, we have uh, I will say our number one seeds, and the four number one seeds are Radiohead, Neutral Milk Hotel, Modest Mouse, and Pavement. Yeah, so um, I feel like if you weren't cheating to put the pumpkins number one, uh, Pavement is an easy kick out of this for me personally correct i think they would probably go down um but i think that they i think if you take the non paul and joe vote yeah they're gonna be a one seed here Um, i so yeah if you ask other music elitists who were paying attention to the 90s yeah i'm sure pavement gets more indie cred so yes um with yeah um so i I think they'll also be a, a difficult out um, so we'll see. Sure. We'll see how this proceeds. Um, but uh, the criteria are who overall had a better, the best musical output of the '90s. Of the '90s specifically. Yes, correct. So correct. January first, twenty twenty, doesn't count. Correct. Machina okay. is not considered. Kid A, importantly, correct. Is not considered. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, and the moon in Antarctica. Yeah, Modest Mouse is overseeded now, I think, bro. You know, I thought about that, but, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we just want to go down top who left. We, who we were going to replace him with would be a different question. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, so we have, okay, top on the uh, Radiohead bracket. Uh, first, first seed Radiohead versus eighth seed Death Cab. They've only released... Uh, um, Oh, yeah, we're up through OK Computer. Something about for it. Radiohead. For Radiohead. Oh, so, Cat. yes, Radiohead has released three albums, two of which are um, absolute classics of alternative rock. Yeah. Um, and uh, just a, a variety of unbelievable B sides that are like the stuff of alternative rock legends. True. Um, you know, Killer Cars, Banana Co. Yeah. That sort of shit. Um, on top of just fake plastic trees and. Uh, paranoid android and the 90s were the heyday of the b-side right am i wrong about that i don't feel like i know about too many b-sides from before that other than like penny lane yeah exactly like other than the beatles i mean and they're weird i don't even understand yeah they're discarded i've read like no sense whole books about why they released these like the best song from each album not on the album but just as a single uh but yeah strawberry fields forever is not on any beatles album yes um (laughs) weird um yeah anyway that's radiohead where death cab only has the excellent something about airplanes um (coughs) i feel like you were you were trying to correct for your own biases too hard by making death cab number eight um, even though it is just the one album. Well, that's with just that one album, I felt yeah. that they were an upstart eighth seed. Okay. Welcome to the big dance. We'll see you in the 2000s. Yeah. Fair enough. Ha- yeah. Uh, okay. So Radiohead, Radiohead here. for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, then at the four and five spots, we have Soundgarden and the Pixies, who, yeah, it okay. should be noted, their best albums are not from the 90s. Yes. Um, uh, I would still take Bossa Nova and Tromplemond both over any Soundgarden album. So for me, this is no contest. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and allow this. Um, I think... I think that this is a tough matchup for Soundgarden, who yeah. you really have, I, I think, seven or eight unbelievably good alternative rock songs. Uh, uh, and, of course, one of the best singers of the grunge era. Uh, um, yeah, but I also think Black Francis is one of my favorite vocalists of absolutely, rock music history. Absolutely. We're just giving a little eulogy for Soundgarden here. We're losing Fair in enough. the first round. Fair um, enough. You know, I I I feel like uh, Soundgarden is a band that I enjoy, but never really, really got into the way that I perhaps could have. Their deeper Whereas cuts, the Pixies. their deeper cuts are good, and it really does hold up. Um, yeah. There's a Kim Kim Thale, uh, absolutely wails on yeah. those alternative riffs. Um, so R.I.P. Soundgarden, you're going to lose to the Pixies here. Yeah. Um, then we have Blur versus Green Day. Three blur, six green day. Easy mm. blur for me, personally. Yeah. Uh, you, you give me the self-titled blur and uh, 13, which was that 1999? Did that come out? 98? God, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's check that out. But just those two are enough for me, personally. 13 was 1999. Yes. So we got Park Life, self-titled, Great Escape, all there. Um. I like Green Day, but it's just not close, personally. Yeah, Green Day, I think Dookie, I probably like Dookie better, the best of any album yeah. uh, in this matchup. Uh, but I'm willing to give it to Blur. Uh, I, I disagree. I like, int- I like both uh, Self-Titled and 13 better than Dookie, personally. I need to go back and listen. I, I think 13 would be worthy of a deeper listen on this podcast. We were Thir- both very, uh, I, I think, um, interested. Well, in so album. you, you personally gave it to me, um, <laughs> in, I think early 2000. Um, sounds like something I do. You, I believe you drove all the way from, uh, Lake Mary to my house by the OBT in your Land Rover. Um, and handed it to me out your window before fleeing, before my mom could get mad about you showing up unannounced. Um, <laughs> that rules. And it was like my birthday present, I think. Um, I've, I've, there were several times that I was uh, in my car hiding out outside your house for a variety <laughs> of reasons. Well, um, my sisters will not have their honor besmirched, so, my friend. Um, <laughs> All of them are related to you, I'm afraid. <laughs> all the better what's um, what's ted ted and i and maybe jesse i don't know we were all like in my rover waiting for you to come home from public working at Publix. yeah so that must have been in college and we just flipped the lights on right as you pulled in and we just we scared the shit out of you and your dad <laughs> that's fantastic probably in a probably in significant danger at that moment <laughs> <laughs> no the McLeods are many things, but not gun people. Um, 
Uh, anyway, uh, I love 13, dude. That's a legit great album that holds right. up by, uh, to this day in terms of uh, well-produced art rock. We got to move through this bracket a little bit. Yes, faster. let's go. All right, Blur over Green Day. We got Weezer yeah. versus Oasis. Paul, yeah. I like Oasis a lot. I, yeah. They were my fourth concert I ever saw. Uh, Weezer, first concert I ever saw. Uh, Damn. Their 90s output. Blue album Pinkerton. Yeah, that um, Sheesh, for me. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we'll that's, get into it later. We'll get that's into it. it later. I the only thing I want to note about this is that I actually appreciate that you put Blur at so much a higher seed than Oasis because mm-hmm. I personally Absolutely. think it goes that way. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next bracket: Neutral Milk Hotel one, Magnetic Fields eight. I see why you put these people together, and it's an obvious win for Neutral mm-hmm. Milk Hotel for you and me. Yes. Um, I do need to listen to 69 Love Songs one of these days. Quite good. Um, uh, then we have My Bloody Valentine and Bonnie Prince Billy. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the one band Paul doesn't like and one band Paul hasn't listened to uh, bracket. So I'm going to let you answer this one. I'm going to let my bloody, Va- bloody, my bloody Valentine advance for releasing uh, one of the best albums of the 90s. Sure. Um, That's how you no- feel? Well, we've already gone into that. How- <laughs> yes. It's one of these weird things where it's like this album does all the things you like, but for some reason you don't like it. Pretty much. Um, uh, nine, Ni- inch na- nine, nine Inch Nails, for yeah. your spelling. Uh, nine Inch Nails versus Allison Chains. So again, I feel like um, I feel like first of all, the uh, there's a certain phonetic similarity that led you to put these bands together. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I am not really super big on either band. Um, I think Nine Inch Nails wins in the historical repute category. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the way Lane Staley screams that I personally like better than any particular element of Nine Inch Nails. So I would go Alice in Chains. I, I think I might be there with you. I think that Nine Inch Nails is like a, a little too much of an experience. Not enough of a band. I'm just not into industrial honestly yeah, yeah i like electronic and i like rock but i don't like industrial allison chains with the first upset here oh no pixies beat sound card but four or five it's not yeah really upset. that's hardly no you have built to spill versus elliot smith built to spill a furious doug march furious he was not given a one seed yeah um having pumped out uh, I, a ton I, of classic shit honestly, honestly he mad. is who seated he these? is furious that modest mouse uh, which is basically a derivative band from his uh, outseated him, I think. A lot of good, a lot of good songs on Lots of Crowded West, Paul. There that's are. A, that's like there 15 really good songs. <laughs> You're right. Um, so mostly I want to say, before he is utterly vanquished, uh, Elliot Smith was uh, grossly underseated in this tournament. Yeah, I, I thought about considering, like asking you about this uh, beforehand, but I was like, meh, no, it'd be funny. Better to just get mad about it on the pod than... Well, so I don't personally actually, I haven't again had a, like an Elliot Smith phase, but every time I listen, to him, I'm like, this is there's a this is the kind of music I definitely respect for sure. Like, um, yes, you know that like it's where you listen to somebody, you're like, okay, I haven't taken the time to really find out about this, but um, I have nothing bad to say about it whatsoever. There's not even like an excuse for why I haven't gotten into it yet. You know what I'm saying? I do um he's he's uh you know he was for 25 year olds when we were 15 i mean that's kind of 
yeah part of it um, yeah we were a little early for sure yeah uh was lucky enough to see him live all right <laughs> he was good he was good i bet yes. um there was a i won't go into it too much now but there was a indie rock um songstress who really recently released a track that sounds very elliot smithy and it mm. completely rocked who, so can we at least say who it is uh i don't remember off the top of my head is the only reason not to um, okay but Fair i think enough. i bought it so uh, keep talking and i'll try to find it all right uh so the next bracket uh we got modest mouths versus modest modest mouth versus yeah. that dog it was uh, uh johanna warren by the way oh, okay i think the song was um hole in the wall but i could be wrong about that mm. anyway amazing uh that dog put out two really fun albums in the 90s uh they're here as a paul and joe special invitation uh and they're being destroyed by modest mouse again i actually i feel like you were de-biasing yourself too much by making them an eighth seed but um yes they are destroyed the eighth eighth seed tournament is pretty lit yeah with death gap magnetic fields that dog and later uh liz fair (laughs) Yeah, actually, for a lot of people, those are the four finalists in this tournament. <laughs> Tough shit, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, four or five, we have Sonic Youth and Bjork. Paul, okay. I'm not, I'm not an expert of Sonic Youth's 90s discography. Okay, it's awesome, yeah. uh, especially the early part of it. I love Bjork, and this, I have to give this to Sonic Youth. This is a really out. tough battle. Yeah, I love Sonic Youth. Um, especially, yeah, they have... So, like, you know, their last album in the 80s, uh, Daydream Nation, was sort of their uh, artistic peak. And it's, like, uh, some weird combination of, like, metal and um, hardcore and noise. But then in the 90s, they started just sort of, like, applying some of that stuff to, like, making grunge pop songs. And it rules. Uh, I love their first few albums in the 90s. And um, there's some interesting stuff in their older person albums of the late 90s, too. So uh, this is not a question for me personally, even though I love Bjork and have nothing bad to say about her and had a huge crush on her at one point, too. Uh, you know, I think that the main I, I'm going to allow you I'm going to allow the Sonic Youth win here. Mm-hmm. But I think Bjork probably has the better songs. I, you know, I just am t- going on what I listen to personally, but I think you are correct about general music opinion, and um, I had couldn't argue against it. Yeah. Um, next, Pearl Jam versus Portishead. Hey, you know what? Fuck you, Pearl Jam. Per- Portishead goes through here. I'm gonna say yes, although lots of love to Pearl Jam. Uh, probably yeah, the wrong matchup them. for them. Um, you know, Pearl Jam is. Uh, the answer to the question, like, what if the cool rock band just kept doing the same shit over and over again forever? They're kind of the Rolling Stones of our generation, I guess, is the, mm-hmm. the deal with them. And in both cases, they produce pretty good rock music for a long time. So, yes, can't hate them for it. Um, Nirvana and Guided by Voices. Uh, I'm going to pick Nirvana. Lots of people will be mad. You you can't. Know what we know. You can't not pick Nirvana. I mean, I guess if we're... Ter- turning this into like a basketball analogy this is like guided by voices might have the better superstar but he's on like a shitty team mm-hmm. um that's perfect. not a perfect analogy at all but you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they have a lot of merit but they can't go through uh we have so next we have pavement versus liz fair uh pavement released uh 
for the best indie rock albums of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, versus Liz Fair, who many people think released the best album, indie rock album in the 90s. Not me. Yes. But many But people. she released a couple of other shitty albums, so. Pavement. Good job. Yeah. Next, Flaming Lips versus Bell and Sebastian. Interesting wow. matchup. Flaming Lips started the decade out as uh, having released um, some a couple still obscure, uh, critically adored albums, mm-hmm. such as like In a Priest driven ambulance uh yeah. really good um when what's his name's brother was the leads was like the lead dude in the band they have a weird history they do um and the fifth seed being bell and sebastian who released uh tiger lily and if you're feeling sinister in the 90s yeah, so Bell and Sebastian is another one of these bands that I think I would probably get into, but I haven't really done it. And actually, I don't know. I've listened to enough of, enough of them that it suggests that I wouldn't be that into them. So even though all of my favorite Flaming Lips albums are after the 90s, I will choose the Flaming Lips. But I, th- I will be happy to be overridden by you. I think I think I have to choose Bell and Sebastian here. I think they have the best. Because their best albums are clearly from the 90s all right there you go beck versus slint like um three versus six uh brother i know i'm wrong but i choose slint yeah you know beck's gone down to my mind because of his scientology uh association yeah that and his weak chin are big problems i think due to odelay uh i feel like that's slightly better than slint it's a tough loss. Oh man, I disagree with you. There's, I don't know if there's a Beck song that I like better than one of the songs on Spiderland. Hmm, that's just me personally. Yeah, I like Beck. I just uh, he's I maybe I need to get into it more. But like every time I listen to one of his albums, I'm like this is really good, and then I never okay, listen to it. I'll give it to Slint. We'll let them lose to Apex Twin. Yeah, so this is the one that for me personally. Aphex Twin is an easy one seed. Um, he only lost because of his uh, he uh, his stylistic aberration with literally every other group. Yeah, he is he is the clear one of these is not like the others in this group. Um, and Yola Tango is another band that I've liked every time I've listened to them and not really become a devotee of yes but in this case i think that is kind of a yola tango kind of a quality of their music is that you <laughs> listen to like this one you're like wow this is really good and you go listen to the album from you're like well yeah that was really good but <laughs> i guess i'll enjoy it the next time i listen to it whenever that happens to be yeah all right um <laughs> Let's see if, how quickly we can get through figuring out which band loses to the Pumpkins. Uh, Radiohead versus Pixies. Uh, Radiohead. Sorry, Ooh. Pixies. I love you. Uh, Blur versus Weezer. Uh, Weezer. Sorry, Blur. You know yeah, I love you. Pinkerton. Uh, yeah. Neutral Hotel versus My Bloody Valentine. Neutral Milk Hotel. No question. Uh, Alice in Chains versus Built to Spill. Just typing Built to Spill. Yep. Uh, Modest Mouse versus Sonic Youth. Modest Mouse. I love Sonic yeah. Youth. I know you won't disagree. No. Portishead versus Nirvana. Still got to go Nirvana on mine. 
that's one huh. of those where you have to just give, give yeah. way to the zeitgeist, you know? Especially if we're including Unplugged for Nirvana. Yeah. Mm. Uh, pavement versus Bells of Ashen. We're going Pavement. Again, yep. their total discography is incredible. Uh, yes. And then Aphex Twin. Wow. Lightning yeah. round. I love um, Aphex Twin. Yeah. So okay. Much. So now things are getting real. Uh, the uh-huh. realest matchup of the 90s for us is Radiohead versus Weezer. And this is um, not. This is um, both. Uh, uh, painful, but not difficult for me. It's no. Radiohead. Yeah. It, it really is Radiohead. I mean, the 90s me is devastated. Um, yeah. And, uh, but there's no, there's no argument to be made for Weezer here by any I mean, of our... I, I, I guess, you know, um, they only both have two great albums to compare in mm-hmm. this 90s bracket. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I mean, OK and Computer is just so much more an impressive achievement. It's it's if if we were like looking at yeah, someone could talk me into like the Blue Album and Pickerton over the Benz. Yeah, like you could talk me into that. But either one of them, yeah. OK Computer and everything around it is just yeah. No, that's un- insurmountable. Talk, talk show host, man. That's nineties. Yeah. That's nineties Radiohead. Whew. That's a tough one. Um, Neutral Milk Hotel versus. By the way, I recently saw the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet for the first time, and um, what a great movie! Oh, so good, so good. Oh man, just unbelievable. And there's a lot of talk show hosts in it too, like on screen. Yes, every ah, I watched that a couple years ago again, and I was just it's it holds up so well. It's so fucking good. That Um, is '90s culture. That is like the the beautiful art the, of that the, time. The, just like that they took the Shakespeare dialogue, didn't change a word, and made it yes. that awesome is so good. It's awesome. It's so um, cool. Uh, Paul, this one. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to decide who's better, Neutral Mech Hotel or Built to Spill. Uh, for me, I Turn love on Built- the devs machine. <laughs> exactly. I love Built to Spill. But uh, uh, in the airplane over the sea is too good of an album. Mm-hmm. That's too that's good. where it. Is. I mean, that's that's a tough one, man. Yeah. Okay, we got Modest Mouse versus Nirvana. Uh, you know, it's if I'm just choosing for myself, it's Modest Mouse, and it's not hard. But I get it if everybody else in the world chooses Nirvana. Hmm. So my only problem here with choosing Modest Mouse is that essentially that's saying that the because mm, Modest Mouse has Lonesome Crowded West mm-hmm. and this is a long drive. Yeah. And a lot of B-sides. Yeah. That's see- versus Bleach, Nevermind, In Utero, Unplugged. Yeah. All the B-sides on Insecticide. Insecticide, yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Okay, well, but building nothing out of somewhere, doesn't that count for the 90s too? It does. It does. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, just for me personally, I have listened to the Modest Mouse songs on those releases versus the Nirvana songs on those releases like 25 to 1. Sure. So I can't can't vote against Nirvana, but I acquiesce to general opinion, you know? I'll go Modest Mouse because I think that 
Mm-hmm. You I'll seeded allow. them. So <laughs> I did. No, I did, but that's I didn't I didn't think about any particular matchups when I was seeding them. So Yeah. No, no, I feel like this is one of those where you're like, um do I even have the right to impose my personal preference on when yes. there's clearly an influential and great band that more people loved than I mm-hmm. personally do. Yes. Um so yeah. Um so we'll give it to Modest Mouse because I think for us yeah this is our fucking podcast man how about we pick our favorite exactly um so this next one uh pavement versus apex twin uh this is again one that's not difficult for me uh apex twin i just love so much i I love pavement it's pretty much the opposite for me whereas Ah. i think that i mean i like apex twin but like pavement is like I mean, Pavement is like, that's like 20, 30 songs that I like love. And Apex Twin, it's like, I, there's like two songs that I like, oh, see. maybe like three songs that I can like name, but I like, see, I like the albums, but like, I don't really know that this is literally opposite for us then. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we'll, we'll play out it from, we'll play it out from here with our quantum different, uh, brackets okay. on that particular matchup. Yeah, because that's yes. Um, all by first seeds one. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, okay, so we now have Radiohead versus Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, are... Just the '90s albums is actually a question for me. Well, this is, so this really comes down to OK Computer versus in the in airplane, the airplane over, over the, the sea, sea, which I've always said are like sort of the different sides of the same coin. Yeah. It's like, like the, the folk and the tech versions mm-hmm. of the same I, like Im, impulse. Absolute like his like yeah. total alienation from the historic moment. Yeah, exactly. Um man. Let me I, think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and think uh, about this for a moment. Like just what comes. I don't know what to say, man. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> I think for the 90s, it's got to be, I think that's got to be Neutral Milk Hotel. Shit! I think that's what's got to win. Okay, so I was thinking there in that moment, like, like if I just go to a, a musical moment that moved me from these two albums, mm-hmm. Neutral Milk Hotel came up first. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Because I think that the as soon as we're in like October of two thousand and Kid A comes out, radio yeah, it's like they win from that point on. Clearly on top. But I yeah. think when it comes to OK Computer versus an airplane over the sea, yeah, it's hard for me to not choose in the airplane over the sea. I, I mean, so, well, it's it's it's. It's yeah. very hard for me to not choose OK Computer as well. We, but right. Yeah. If I just think about like to this day what feels like the most um the most deeply incisive moment of human experience from either of those albums mm-hmm. it's from Neutral Milk Hotel. Yes, interesting. There we go. Yeah, this is that is the first moment in this whole thing where I felt like I revealed something to myself by thinking about it. 
Yeah, and I think when you get to those those neutral milk hotel songs, there's there is as we discussed before a deeply personal quality yeah. to us and like our like very like age that we were when that we encountered that that's uh for sure important um all right yes yes radiohead's eventual triumph uh assumed okay other bracket um we have modest mouse versus uh uh pavement for you and apex Apex, payfex twin mint payfex um payfex uh the payfex so okay we're doing just 90s um this is very hard for me one drux drux is 2000 so it doesn't count yeah Mm. and the best apex twin album is arguably the 2014 one um yeah um I'm going to choose Modest Mouse on the basis of being more 90s for me and my experience of the 90s. Because I didn't actually ever listen to Avex Twin until the 2000s. Dang, I gotta, yeah, I gotta go with Modest Mouse as well because I think they, uh... See, that's tough because Pavement had like twice as many good albums as them in the uh, 90s. Yeah, they really did. But, mm, 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 I think there I go, I lean towards the Lonesome Crowded West. Yeah, it's such a good album. some of the, like, B-side type songs being my, like, absolute favorite. Yeah, if you give it building nothing out of something, it's incredible. Yeah, we're just, yeah, whereas, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain is going very far in like a best album i don't know yeah <laughs> how have we not done that best 90s album bracket for a yeah. future episode yeah okay not a um um because this is yeah yeah uh we could do the pumpkins album bracket um okay yeah. so bodice mouse they're gonna get the win versus intermedical hotel Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying versus Payfex Twin. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now we've got them versus Neutral Milk Hotel from the other side. Wow, interesting. Neutral Milk Hotel versus Modest Mouse for the right to fight the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I um, don't know what to choose. hmm. Actually, no. uh, In the Airplane Over the Sea is better than the Lonesome Crowded West, if we go by what we said in the last round. I think that's the purest choice here. I think that's what I'm going to have to go for. Yeah. So now we've got that versus uh, the the Smashing Pumpkins, um, three truly great albums, plus one other really good one. We have, right. So it's Gish, Siamese Dream. Yeah. Uh, Gish, Siamese Dream, Melancholy, Adore, The Airplane Over the, uh, sorry, The Airplane Flies High, uh, Pisces Iscariot, and... um, This is... We are the wow, only podcast where two list. releases with aeroplane in the list in the in the name go up against each other. Yeah. Uh well, I guess I'm choosing The volume is hard to choose against. Yeah. There's the... so much good Smashing Pumpkins music from this era. And I think I, I think I'm gonna choose the Smashing Pumpkins because I think ultimately they do reach now at this point 
they do reach this point where they have a significant number of songs that are as meaningful to me yeah as those like those two albums songs yeah yeah, on nutrimac hotels albums well it's shocking that radiohead did not make the finals but yeah um in the end the correct savage beast outcome was achieved and the smashing pumpkins are the greatest yeah and we learned very little (laughs) we've learned nothing that we didn't already know whatsoever (laughs) uh this gimmick is dead (laughs) long live the gimmick absolutely we'll discuss Um, best best 90s album there's something there yeah yeah no that's in a year if not sooner we can do the the same bracket for albums yes yes ranking them that'd be more fun like let's get the top 10 let's rank our top 10 oh so our our top 10 90s albums yeah okay that's just yeah i guess everybody can find out exactly which kind of assholes we are it'd be good slugfest awesome uh okay paul well i'm gonna go uh burn a police precinct to the ground yeah um um i'm gonna see if any even burned down near me and if they're being burned down tomorrow i'll be there be there yeah yeah sounds good better anyway um <laughs> yeah good night joe i love you better. wear your wear your zero shirt yeah 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 so that people yeah. will um rate review subscribe <laughs> all that shit on itunes and like follow us and email us and shit because we're at savage no, beast pod i see that just the full billy zero at silver pants and then also the silver mask like the <laughs> silver surgical mask that'd look cool but with the bald head on top of it yes yes bald yeah. cap yeah yeah there we go all right peace <laughs> peace um, love and harmony to to anybody who's not a cop yeah yep Nailed it. Yep. All right. Good night. Time to watch Devs. Good night.